Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode of the Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, Pella, they're day one, man. They're they're, they're day one homies for the Nick Bob podcast. They've been with me from day one. And, you know, not only is Pella a great company, they got great people there. I went to school with my guy Vince, just a great dude. They're the kind of people you want to do business with. And if you've pushed off a project with some windows or some doors, something like that, now is the time to turn that project into a reality because we all know a new set of windows, a new door can do a lot of things for you. can change the look, the vibe, the feeling of your home. It can add value to your home. Plus it can make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some Pella can provide window and door solutions to any home. And again, working with the people at Pella second to none. So hit them up online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. Runza has an app, and you need to download that app because as a father of two little kids, anything that can increase speed and efficiency when it comes to eating, I'm all for it. And the app does that. I can order food on the app, pop into the restaurant. It's ready for me. It's hot. I'm in. I'm out. I'm now like a finalist for dad of the year or something like that. And it's in large part due to the Runza app and ordering is a breeze on the app. You can customize your order. You can get all your favorites just the way you want them. Plus, you can earn points for rewards in the app. You can score free food from Runza in the app. So go download the Runza app. You can get Runza, get rewards, then get more Runza all on the app. Runza makes it all better. Well, there he is in all his glory, Greg McDermott, head coach of the Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, coach Mack, to, we're doing this on YouTube. You can see I got, I got my, my Doug McDermott bobblehead. So there's no reason I'm not getting like an extremely comfortable Greg McDermott today. Okay. It's good. Yeah. Usually, usually you have pictures of yourself in the background. So I know they got to be back there somewhere. <laughs> those, somewhere. Must be, those must be on the other wall. Yeah. They're over there. They're, <laughs> they're over there. The, the Rocky Jersey, the, the Denzel Mahoney Jersey, the, the Mike Grimes Jersey. I right. think for, I think Creighton 34 is the Nick Ba Jersey, but that's up for debate, you know, yeah. whatever. There's, there's people that would question that. I bet. <laughs> um, I wanted to start with this. It's, it's, you finally beat down the door of getting to the sweet 16. When the sun comes up the next day, do you feel different? Do you feel, and then even heading into the offseason now and the and the season getting started, does your program feel like it's in a different place? I think it's it's interesting we put those, you know, those goals on programs and and when you achieve them, when you get to the other side, does it really make that big of a difference? I'm not sure that it does. I mean, it was awesome. It was really cool. It was, uh, I mean, obviously the negative with COVID was there was no celebration. So, you know, you don't you don't have the opportunity for your players and the coaching staff to celebrate with your family after the first NCAA tournament win and to celebrate after the second win. And then, you know, then to come back to campus as you prepare for the Sweet 16 and the energy and enthusiasm and everything that goes that's going going on throughout your community and, and your campus community. 
you know, that's something that our guys didn't get to experience at all. We, we just went back to the hotel room like we did the, you know, 26 right. nights before that. So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, in the moment, uh, you know, I don't think our guys probably got to enjoy it near to the level uh, that they would in a normal year. So, you know, let's hope we can do it again sometime soon. So tons of new faces. I came to practice the other day and it was totally new players, some different staff members. I want to talk about the, the two new assistant coaches. I know you were really fired up when you hired them, but now that they've been able to hit the recruiting trail and be with you day in and day out in practice, give me a little bit on both new guys, Jalen Courtney Williams, Ryan Miller. What, what have they brought to the table that you've really, really felt like has been beneficial? Yeah. You know, I've been really pleased. And, and obviously when you have a change in staff, it's a, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? I mean, you, uh, you know, when you, when you can, when you can retain staff and you have that continuity, there's certainly strength and continuity. Um, and there's a lot of positives that come from that. Um, the, the positive of, of changing staff is, is you bring in new ideas and, you know, sometimes we as coaches and especially those of us that have been doing a long time, you know, we do things a certain way because it's the way we've always done them. And, and, you know, sometimes when you have continuity in your staff, nobody really challenges or asks questions like, you know, why are we doing it that way? Is there a better way to do it? Here's where we did it at when I coached here or when I played for this coach, you know, so, you know, Jalen and Ryan have both brought new ideas and have forced us to really take a look at, you know, the way we do things. And is there a better way to, to do it that'll, that'll accomplish what we want to accomplish in a more efficient manner. Um, but, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, they've both been terrific. Obviously, Ryan hit the ground running last year, uh, recruiting Arthur and, and Trey. And, and Jalen's been great on that front as well as he, you know, gets to know Creighton and gets an understanding of what parts of the country that he's going to be able to best recruit. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've used him in all the recruiting parts that we do because it's really a team approach. Uh, you know, with all three assistants and myself, with everybody that we're recruiting, everybody's trying to touch that recruit. And, and uh, he's done a great job. And, you know, Jalen's 29 years old. So he just brings an energy and an enthusiasm to practice every day. And just, just be, you know, strictly because of his age, I think he relates to the guys better than certainly I can, or you could just, just because you're closer to their age. So he's been terrific. And, you know, I've handed the defense over to Ryan and, He's really, you know, picked things up and, you know, added some of his own uh, tweaks to what we were doing a year ago. And and uh, obviously he's brought a lot of new drills and a lot of new, you know, some terminology that's probably easier than what we were using before to understand. Um, so they, they've been great. Our guys love them. And, you know, that's the most important thing. You know, are they responding? Are our players responding to them? And the answer has been a resounding yes at this point. Basically, you're you're if you're kind of a professor on campus. And last year with the the group that you had, it was a master's class, you know, because you, the guys had been in the system, you could get really, really in depth this year. It's, it's an entry level class with, with all these newcomers. But I, I want, I wanted to ask you this when you're installing your system, what is the most important thing that you have to get across to these guys or instilled in these guys to, because if, if that doesn't get, really, really hammered home, everything else isn't going to really matter. Is there one thing above all that you feel like is absolutely vital? Well, you know, offensively, I, I would say two. It's, it's, it's space, it's spacing and it's pace because pace without spacing does you no good. Right. And, 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 you know, 
spacing without any pace does doesn't do you any good either so they really go together for, i mean first you have to understand where you're supposed to be and where you have to get to on the floor so that our offense can function uh, at the level we want it to function and put the defense in as tough a spot and at least have to cover as much ground as possible and and sometimes when you're spacing isn't isn't correct uh, you allow your you know really allowing the defense uh, a little bit of a cheat code because you can get you know you can you can do two things at once if your spacing's not where it's supposed to be and then just the pace of what you how you have to play both in the full court and the quarter court for us like when we're going to make cuts they're they're explosive cuts and right. we're going to sprint to the rim we're going to put pressure on the rim that way so that that's probably the thing we started in still in the summertime and obviously you tweak it and add some set plays in different ways to get into different things and then the whole defensive side of the ball uh, is another animal uh, that you have to attack with a young team but this these this group has been great nick they they listen uh they ask questions um they're about the right stuff they really have an incredible work ethic um they seem to at least at least at this point in their career um appreciate and understand the value of film and how, how you can really learn from that uh as opposed to being on the court and being told and being shown on the court to see it on film i think you know, I think it's a layer that's that's really a layer of learning that's really good for young players, and these guys seem to have embraced it to this point. Point guard position is always so important, and to to play with pace, to get the to set the table, you got to have you got to have Maurice Watson, you got to have Marcus Zagorowski, you know, you got to have guys like that. And it appears like, from a skill set standpoint, Ryan Nemhard is the perfect fit for how you guys want to play. Is that how you see it? What do you like most about this dude? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I like. Uh, you know, he he uh, he plays with great pace, and his head's always up, and he you know he doesn't he doesn't miss reads very often. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you got to drill into young point guards. You almost have to you almost have to set it up so that you you know you know the answer to the question before the test and you know when you're coming off a ball screen and you have to make a read you know we can manipulate that in ways that it's easy for a point guard to make the read now it's a little easier for the defense as well um but we don't we haven't need we haven't had to do that with ryan like he he that comes naturally him reading the situation and and not getting rushed in those situations and and he can play fast you know that's that's a big part of what we do and you know, unfortunately, you know, Sharif has been injured, so he hasn't been on the practice floor much. So, you know, I really liked it early when those two were going against each other. I thought it was great for both of them. Uh, but I'll say this, and you've seen, you know, Sharif defend a lot. There are a lot of teams we've played against that when Sharif's in the game, they just make the decision, like, we're not bringing the ball up against him. So we'll just right. pass it to somebody else. Like, we're not dealing with that pressure. Uh, and putting our point guard in that position. And, you know, we said after a week or 10 days of practice when Sharif was still playing, uh, you know, Ryan hasn't been bothered by Sharif one second in practice. You know, he just, it, it, it's tough to get the guy to speed up. And, and you know, defensively he gets it and he's played, you know, played international basketball at a high level. And I think that's really helped him, uh, you know, maybe pick things up a little quicker and be comfortable with what we're doing a little sooner. But, you know, the combination of he and, and Sharif, if we can get Sharif back and we use Rati there some as well. Right. I feel really good about that point guard position. What is the next step for Sharif Mitchell? Obviously, he's been an, an off the bench kind of role guy, but he's going to have a more prominent role when he gets healthy. What's the next lay? Is it just kind of, hey, continue to be yourself? You just might get more minutes doing it or do you need more from him? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he was he was playing really good at the end of last year, yes, and he was, he was. Shooting, shooting the basketball well. And you know, we used him and Marcus together quite a bit that last five or six games compared to the rest of the season. You know, a significant amount. Um, and you know, we were we were using him and Ryan together some in practice, and I really liked the way that that looked because you're you're just so fast. No matter who has the ball, you know, you're on attack, and you got to feel like, boy, these guys are. You know, it can't look like they're moving that much faster with the ball than I am without it. So right. I, better, I better get moving here. So, uh, you know, Sharif would have been a starter had he stayed healthy. I mean, he was playing at a high enough level in practice. And now it's just a matter of, you know, when when can we start to ease him back in? And what's it look like once he gets back on the practice floor? Because he's, he's missed significant time, both in the summertime with a stress fracture and now with the deal he's – uh, the groin deal that he's dealing with now. So it's just, it's going to take some time. Right. Uh, but uh, he's certainly going to be, uh, it'll be a nice boost for us when he comes back. So uh, Alex O'Connell, I thought he played great in the exhibition game. And he's a guy you're going to be leaning on a ton throughout the season, but especially early when some of these younger guys are getting their feet underneath them. He's kind of been living in a world, whether it was at Duke or even last year, where it's hard. Your minutes are a little sporadic. One game you get two shots, next game you get nine shots. And it can be tough to function in that situation it seems like things are going to be a little more steady for him what do you see from Alex O'Connell because you don't go to Duke if you can't hoop you know yeah I've, I've been pleased with Alex and and especially the last week in practice I think his his level of consistency has been at a place that we haven't seen since he's been here uh played very good against Missouri and played very good to your point against upper Iowa and you know he's going to have to be that guy that's going to be able to guard one of the other team's best players and that's something he's never done before and, you know, your level of focus and your level of energy that you're going to use on the defensive end, you, you've got to be pretty locked in. And, uh, you know, he's going to grow with that over time, I think. But, you know, he's got the ability to get in the paint and get a shot. And, you know, shot clock breaks down. How many guys do you really have that, that are good at that? And, and Alex can get to, you know, 15 feet to 10 feet, and he can rise up over people and get a pretty good look at the basket. So, and, you know, athletically, you know, one, one thing we didn't do very well last year, as good as that team was, is we weren't a great rebounding team. And Alex is a great rebounder from the guard position. And, you know, I think could be one of, one of our top couple rebounders on our team because he's so active and he chases it in, in his athletic ability to go to go get it. So I've been really pleased with Alex. And, you know, he's for us to be successful this year, he needs to have a great year. What about what about Kalkbrenner? Because we've seen so many times, whether it's Tyshawn or or Doug, where they go get that Team USA experience under their belt, and it really kind of propels them that next season. Sounds like Kalkbrenner really played well this summer playing for Team USA. How, how's how's it been for him once he's gotten back on campus now and heading into his sophomore campaign? Yeah, you know, I was in the gym down at TCU, and they had you know I think they had forty five guys that that came to camp, and they narrowed that down to fifteen. And you have to play good because there was some real talent in that gym. You know, a guy like Hunter Salas from Omaha that's at Gonzaga, he didn't make the team. So that just gives you an idea of what they had to choose from. And for, for Ryan to be consistent enough over that six, seven, eight-day period leading up to when they left, um, you know, I think speaks volumes to what he's about and the progress that he's made. Having said all that, we have to remind ourselves, you know, this is a guy that's, you know, 19, 20 years old. Uh, he played 12 minutes a game last year. And, you know, we expect him to move from that to an all-conference level. And that's probably not a natural progression. Um, I think he's going to be better. I think he's certainly improved and added some things to his game. Um, but big guys, as, as you know, and I can speak to it because I'm still developing, uh, big, guys de <laughs> big guys develop late. They just do. And, yep. it, and, and, you know, you look at Justin Patton, you know, when it, 
when it when you get there and your body's ready and the light comes on, like look out. And we saw that happen during the, the couple of years Justin was here. And um, Ryan has made steady progress. I've been happy with his progress, uh, but there's a lot of room for growth uh, ahead of us. And you know that's while while I'd like to have it all there now, that's probably not realistic. But it's it also is very exciting for the future because you know his best basketball is definitely in front of him. Well, and the good news is we've got a pretty good player behind him too. In, in Keyshawn Fizel, you know, sometimes you, uh, when, when you guys signed him, I thought, okay, maybe is this just a body? You know, you need a body for your backup five. He's way more than that. He is a guy that has really impressed me. So what have you seen from him? Because he's more than just a body back there. Yeah, much more. And, uh, you know, he was at Mississippi state to start with and, and played behind some NBA guys for a few years before he transferred to McNeese and, then really fought some 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 injury problems uh, on a pretty consistent basis at McNeese. I've held him out of a lot of practices, and he just was playing in games. And there was enough there when I watched it on film. And obviously, Jalen was coaching there, right. and, and Jalen recruited him. So Jalen had a really good feel for you know what he was about and what he could bring to the table. And it, you know, it turns out Jalen was right. Um, you know, we've been able to do some things uh, with Jeremy Anderson and Ben McNair to shore up some of the, some of the injury problems he's had in the past. And he, and, you know, I'm knocking on wood here, uh, but he hasn't missed a practice. And no. a guy like that can practice every day. You see what he brings oh. to the table and, you know, he, he can step out and shoot it. Uh, he handles it pretty good. Obviously he's active on the glass and, and can protect the rim some as well and can really run. Um, so, you know, the combination of he and Kalkbrenner, number one, they complement each other. Well, they're very different. I think it'll be, you know, that kind of change up EFAS mm-hmm. you're going to throw at that other team when you throw a different big guy in there. Um, and, he, and he's got a great motor. So, you know, we're lucky to have him. I just wish we had him for more than one year. Right, right. Speaking of that, you said something interesting to me at, at practice when you pointed at Ryan Hawkins. The Northwest Missouri State transfer had as good of a career, won multiple national championships, three, you know, multiple-time All-American. Uh, you said, I'd take that guy on my team for the rest of my career. I want you to expand on that a little bit because his intangibles seem to be off the charts, which is needed for a young group. But that let's not shortchange what he tangibly brings on the floor too. This guy can play. Yeah, and you know, first and foremost, you know, when you if if I would have had to try to draw a picture of in my mind of what older guy can I bring in with this young team, and what what attributes does he need to have? to have the biggest impact on this young group in the short amount of time he's going to be here. I couldn't have drawn anything better than Ryan Hawkins. Like he's just, he's, he's positive. He's got, he's very upbeat. He's talking all the time. Uh, and he, you know, he, he corrects and, and, and helps those guys, but does it in a, in a way that he's not talking down to them. He, he's trying to uplift them as he's doing it. And that's, that's a unique trait that, that mm-hmm. a lot of us humans would like to be better at, uh, but he's got it. And, you know, he loves to play the game and he's, he brings energy and enthusiasm every single day. But to your point, he's the guy who can play basketball too. He, you know, he, he uses shot fakes extremely well. He uses pass fakes extremely well, uh, uses his body really well. And, you know, it was a career plus, you know, 40% plus three point shooter. I think he was 47% last year from the three point line. So, you know, that, that kind of weapon is really good for us. And, you know, he's probably best suited at, at the four, uh, but we need to get him and Kaluma on the floor a little bit together to get them both more minutes because they both earned it uh, with what they've done in practice. 
couple more things are out of here. Give me a little bit on both. You brought up Kaluma's name. Man, does he pop when you walk in the gym? Big shoulders, long arms, versatile player. And certainly Trey Alexander does a lot of good things as well. Two highly touted guys. How do you see those two fitting into the equation? Yeah, you know, Arthur's been really good. He's been, you know, consistent from the start. Most freshmen have a trouble with the physicality of things, and he doesn't. You know, guys bounce off him when he goes into London. Uh, you know, he's got, and he, and he loves to work and he loves to get better. And, you know, that's really refreshing. And, and Trey's is the same way. Trey's in the gym all the time working on his game has really developed and, you know, ch- made some changes in the fundamentals of his shot since he, since he arrived on campus and it's gotten better. Um, but he, he, the game slows down for him as well. You know, I think he had four assists and one turnover against Missouri against that pressure. Uh, and then, you know, Christophilus and Mason Miller, are, you know, yeah. they're, they're both doing a good job as well. Yep. They can shoot the basketball and they have a skill that's really, really important to us. But, you know, all the freshmen are having the moments where it's, it's, it struggles, it struggles to come easy. And that's just part of being a freshman. And, uh, you know, I've got to make myself be patient uh, when that's going on. And hopefully our fans understand that we're going to have to have a little bit of patience at times as well as they grow through some of these growing pains. As I look back to, you know, Mitch Ballack, Tyshawn Alexander, you know, they, they played 15, 16 minutes a game as freshmen, but if they weren't playing well, we went back with Kyrie Thomas and Marcus Foster. So we, we don't necessarily have that luxury this year. So these guys are going to have to play through their mistakes, Yep. Uh, which is which is good and bad. It's hard at the time. You'd like to be able to take them out of the game and, and calm them down and, and explain things. But it also, I think, accelerates the growth process when you have to be mature enough to figure it out on the fly and play through some of the mistakes that you're making. Two things, we're out of here. Give me your thing you're, you're most confident in with the with the group right now and your maybe your biggest concern the biggest looming concern as you kind of project the year you know i think i've probably been been mick nick uh pleasantly surprised with their ability to pick up things defensively yep. uh, that's probably come quicker than i thought and part of it is they're so connected as a group uh, you know a good defense you have to be connected and i think that part has come naturally to this group you know what worries me maybe a little is you know we've got a lot of good shooters and 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 being a good shooter in a shooting drill or playing in a pickup game is different than being a good shooter when you're playing at the pace that we play with. So it's just getting the reps at the speed with which you have to get those reps to turn yourself into a 40% plus shooter from the three-point line. And I've seen some peaks and valleys in our shooting in practice and in a couple of the exhibition games. So that concerns me at least initially. Uh, I think it'll work itself out over time. Uh, but uh, you know, that's one thing we have to watch. And if, you know, if we get in, we get stuck in a rut, then we've got to, we've got to go to something else as much as we want to let it fly. uh, We've got to figure out some other ways to score. Last thing, how do you see the expectations on this group? I mean, you you gave a you said a line to me after the the Upper Iowa exhibition game. Said I've been telling the group we got to we can't waste a day. Got to get better each day. With that sort of mindset, do you not even really think about any sort of goals or anything like that to talk about the group with? Or how do you see it? Because you know Creighton's been a team that's exceeded preseason expectations every year since you've been in the Big East. Yeah, you know you have to be careful. I think with goals like that with a young team because all right what if we you know what if we set a goal to be in the top four in the big east and you're you know you're five weeks out and that looks really bleak now does that does that mean you you have to totally recalibrate or uh you know are you hanging your head because you haven't achieved something you thought you should achieve and i just think with this group 
you know, daily improvement is so important and because it, it's going to help us not just as we move forward this year, but years past this as well. But right. having said all that, you know, this is Alex O'Connell and Keyshawn and, and Ryan Hawkins. It's their last shot. And, you know, they're here to play in an NCAA tournament. So, you know, we're going to do everything we can to try to make that happen. Uh, and it's going to take everybody in that locker room uh, to make that a reality. Guys, it feels good to see the, the fans in the stands the other day. Not only is it good, but it's going to make a difference, especially with how you guys play. Like, don't you think it'll, you know, because with, with the pace and the way you guys can, you guys can put spurts mm -hmm. on teams, you know, and, and sometimes the crowd can turn a, a 7-0 run into an 11-0 run. It's so important, Nick. And, yeah. and, you know, it's why we've been a really good team at home. Our, our fan base has been terrific. And and we're going to need them this year more than ever just because we're, we're learning and we're growing. And, they're you know, they're going to need a shot in the arm once in a while. And that shot in the arm comes from the 17,000 people in the stands. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I almost feel bad. I think I, I talked to you about this. Like, he, I never thought I, you know, internally took fans for granted. Uh, but last year with what we went through, you know, you realize how big a part of the event that they are, you know, the basketball game in itself is it's a game and it's fun, but, uh, the energy and enthusiasm that they bring to the building, whether you're at home or on the road, you know, it's, it was, it was not as enjoyable to go on the road and play, uh, you know, because part of going on the road is trying to figure out a way to keep them quiet, right? You know, like in, yeah. And uh, we didn't have that last year. So I, I know I, for one, and I think the guys that were on the team last year are really going to, you know, appreciate that we have the fans back in the building. And, and you know, I've talked to a lot of people around town, and I think people are anxious to get back there and get, get after it. Greg McDermott, appreciate your time. I know you got a lot of things going. Best of luck this season. You know, I'm going to be seeing a lot of you. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to be in your life, okay? So I, I deal with it. I look forward to it. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Coach Mack. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. I got to talk to you guys about something. The Eagles ran Philly special in Super Bowl 52, right? Remember that trick play? It was incredible. It was amazing. Well, Runza has huddled up, and they got their own version of Philly special. How about a Philly-style Runza? Oh, man. For a limited time only. You can get a Philly style Runza. Everything you love about a Philly combined with everything you love about a Runza wrapped up into one. So if you got a hunger as big as the Sixers center, Joel Embiid, you need the Philly style Runza. You got green peppers, grilled onions, steak seasoning, Swiss cheese, and of course, juicy, delicious, succulent steak all wrapped into a Runza. Oh, my goodness. The combination of steak and Runza. I mean, that's kind of like the combination of Adrian Martinez and Samari Torre. It's just fantastic. So get your Philly game right. Get your Philly-style Runza game right. Again, this is for a limited time only. So head out to Runza today and get a Philly-style Runza. Runza makes it all better. All right, let's talk about the Creighton Blue Jays. And you, you think about this team heading into the season. It's a, a time where Creighton's coming off their best two-year stretch in program history. Two years ago, Creighton wins the Big East regular season crown. They got a banner hung in the CHI Health Center. Obviously, COVID uh, canceled the NCAA tournament. But then last year, they punched through and get to the Sweet 16. So best two-year stretch in program history. And now it's a year of new. 
You have two new assistant coaches, Jalen Courtney Williams and Ryan Miller. You have seven newcomers on this roster, really nine if you include two redshirt freshmen and Roddy and, and Modestus Cancelaris. Uh, so Creighton is young and they're inexperienced. They lose their top six scores. Their entire starting five is, is gone. A little nugget to kind of put it into perspective. Creighton returns 18% of their minutes from last year, and that's the third fewest in Division One basketball. So it's a young, young team. I do think they're talented, though, and that's evident in, in looking at their recruiting rankings. Greg McDermott was able to bring in a consensus top 10 recruiting class in you mix that with two pretty talented upperclassmen transfers. There's talent there. It's not like they're just void of of any talented guys in in their locker room. They got some guys, uh, but it's it's a matter of kind of piecing it all all together. Um, the hard part though is with projecting this this season and this team from a broad sense is like the way you win in in college basketball is to get old and stay old. Well, Creighton's really young what we just talked about. And then ideally you do want to have some continuity on your roster, some returning production, some returning core guys. Again, you heard that nugget Creighton returns 18% of its minutes, third fewest in division one basketball. So, you know, on paper, you look at it through those lenses and it feels like a rebuilding year. You kind of feel like, Oh, this is going to be a year. Creighton might take a step back. And, and that's why Creighton's been, you're not too high on people's radar, and they were picked to finish eighth in, in the Big East. But the other side of that coin is Creighton, again, does have talent on this roster, and I think Greg McDermott's a hell of a coach. I think he's he's one of the best coaches in college basketball. And you, you, you look at it since Creighton's joined the Big East. Creighton has either matched or exceeded its preseason ranking every year in the Big East. And chew on this for a second. Here's you're looking at Big East regular season wins since the new Big East was formed in 2013-2014. Villanova has the most regular season Big East wins. You want to take a guess at who is number two? It's Creighton. So it's it's a weird thing on paper when you look at this team, where you don't think they're poised for a big year, but then you look at recent history and and the trends under Greg McDermott. And they've kind of earned the benefit of the doubt based on how they performed or outperformed the expectation people have put on. So I, I do think when you try to piece all those things together, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. There's a scenario where you buy into the rebuilding part of this. There's a scenario where you buy into Greg McDermott gets this group to maximize. And by the end of the season, you look up and you go, man, this team's in the NCAA tournament conversation once again. And again, I think that's a testament to Greg McDermott, his ability to coach and just the program he's built in Omaha. But man, it's hard. You know, they're so young. It's going to take them a while to, to find themselves, find roles, find rotation, see what works. So it's it's really tough, man. I've had so many people, hey, what do you think of expectations? Are they going to go to the tournament again? What do you think of Creighton? Are they gonna... It's so hard. It's so hard to to really be able to to handicap it just because you, you, you haven't seen this group go out there and go through the wars yet. And until that happens, you, you, you're kind of just guessing. But you try to look at it from the standpoint of young teams typically don't win, but – Coach earns the benefit of the doubt because of their track record. Where does all that meet? We'll, we'll find out. I do think they're a team that by the end of the season, late January, February, 
they could be rounding in the shape and be pretty dangerous at the end of the year where you get it deep into conference play. They're a team that, that could be, could be a tough out, but you never know. You, you, you never know. They could be in the NCAA tournament conversation. They might not be. We'll see some more big picture stuff. I, I had someone ask me the other day, we, you know, we were talking about Creighton. They said, well, what are, what are you concerned with, with Creighton? What are you, what are you concerned with? Because I told them, I was like, they were like going to the tournament. And I was like, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. They said, well, what are you concerned with? And honestly, one of my concerns is a little bit shocking considering the program. One of my chief concerns for this team is do they have enough shooting? That, that's honestly right now, one of my top concerns is does Creighton have enough three-point shooting? And that's crazy to think because Creighton's kind of known, you know, they got the let it fly mantra. Creighton's kind of synonymous with three-point shooting. That's kind of crazy to think Creighton not going to have enough shooting. I don't know. I look at this roster, and I think it's a little bit of a question mark. Do they have enough top-in, consistent, knock-down three-point shooters? For a team that wants to take a lot of threes, that's obviously a big looming concern. Now, Will will they go out there and and emphatically answer that question? We'll see. I just on paper, based on what I've seen in practice, what I see in the exhibition games, talking to some people around the program, I think that's a looming concern. The other thing, when I'm just kind of looking big picture stuff, the other thing is sometimes we outthink ourselves with stuff like when you're assessing a team. One of the things you got to always look at is do when I look at do do they have a great player right now? Like, do they have an all-conference guy right now? I think guys like Arthur Kaluma and Ryan Nemhard, they're they're going to be all biggies type players down the road. But right now, are they ready to be one of the 10 or 12 best players in the conference? That's a tall task. And the reality is, if you want to finish in the top three, four, five of the Big East and, and play in the NCAA tournament, you, you probably better have one of the five, 10 best players in the conference. Sometimes you better have two. I mean, you think about years past, Tyshawn Alexander, Marcus Zagorowski. Last year, Damian Jefferson, Marcus Zagorowski, Mitch Ballock, like Christian Bishop was a baller by the end of the year. Like sometimes there is a non-negotiable level of talent that has to be there. It Right now, I'm saying like, I think Ryan Nemhard's going to be an unbelievable player. I think Arthur Klumer's going to be an unbelievable player. Are they ready to be one of the five best players in the Big East today? I don't know. That That's that's tough, which goes back to that youth thing. Creighton's young guys are talented, but they're young. And how will they handle kind of the Big East grind? That's certainly another concern. But I will say this. One of the things Greg McDermott's consistently hit on is a point guard. They've Whether, you know, you go from... From Maurice Watson, you know, you get you you're able to then bring in Marcus Zagorowski. Tyshawn Alexander could slide over, play the point a little bit. Like they've been able to find the right point guard. And let me tell you, Ryan Nemhard is the perfect point guard to run this system. I mean, it's almost like you ever you ever seen the show Westworld on HBO where they have like their their you know like in a lab like growing and developing like robot humans like it's almost like Greg McDermott went into a basketball Westworld and and created Ryan Nemhard to be the perfect player to run his system he is a perfect fit and so I think that's huge because it, it all starts there point guard play is so important it's extra important in Greg McDermott's system 
you watch this guy play, you're like, oh, man, is this guy the perfect fit for how Creighton wants to play, um, which, which is huge. And the other thing within all that, like I was able to, I was at Creighton's exhibition game against Upper Iowa. And, you know, the mark of a great program is the names and faces change, but the style remains the same. Like it still looks the same. And to me, in watching this team practice, watching them in their exhibition game, it looks like it always looks. Pace, space, threes, balls being shared, balls moving, giving up a good shot for a great shot, making the extra pass. It looked the same, which is great to see. And that stuff matters when you're establishing, you know, a program and an identity and a way of doing things. But a lot of that, I think, goes back to, to Nemhard and his fit at point guard. So th- that's those are my big picture thoughts on this group. Um, when, when you look at the roster, I'll go through some of the guys and I'll give you some of my thoughts on them. What, you know, oftentimes Coach McDermott likes to play seven or eight guys. So my projected top eight guys, this is my top eight rotation guys right now. You're going to have Ryan Nemhard, Sharif Mitchell, Alex O'Connell, Arthur Kaluma, Ryan Hawkins, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Trey Alexander, and Keyshawn Fiesel. To me, those are your top eight guys. And to me, it's like there's those eight guys. There's a little bit of a gap. Then there's then there's a couple other guys like, you know, Roddy, uh, John Christopoulos, freshman, Mason Miller, Mike Miller's son, who's a freshman. To me, a little bit of a gap. And then those three guys. But I think the top eight, though the top eight guys, that's how I see him. So let's let's get into those guys. Ryan Nemhart, I told you about him. You know, he, he's got his his team won high school national championship. Uh, he's a winner. He played internationally for uh, the Canadian team in over the summer and played great. He is a dude that when you watch him play, he's just cool and calm out there. And the game just seems to kind of come easy to him. You, you have a hard time speeding him up. You have a hard time getting him uncomfortable. There's something about young guards that, that I always look for of like, Kate, hey, is there, do they look comfortable out there? Is their mind going a million miles per hour or are they able to play at their speed, get to their spots and still play their game and do what they want to do. And Nemhard can do that. He can push the pace really fast with the ball. Excellent in pick and rolls, making reads. He gets to his spots. He's pretty good slithering and finishing around the basket over taller players. That three point shot's still a work in progress. Uh, he's got good mechanics, but you know, his ability to shoot the three is going to be huge because that's going to make it so teams can't go under ball screens and they have to kind of run him off the line or at least pressure him. That's where his speed and quickness, ability to get in the lane, make things happen is huge. I think the world of this guy, I think he's going to be a great player, uh, and I think he's going to be leaned on heavily early on to kind of run the show because the next guy I'm talking about is Sharif Mitchell, who has been a little banged up, had uh, dealing with some foot issues, and then now he's got a little bit of a groin, I think. So he's been kind of in and out of practice uh, really been out of practice quite a bit for the last month or so. But we know what Sharif Mitchell can do. He's a junkyard dog, great defensive player, one of the best on-ball defenders in the Big East. And by the end of the year, last year, he was really playing at a high level. Got to where he was shooting the ball much more consistently. He was able to get in the lane and make things happen. They were able to play a two-point guard system with him and Zagorowski on the floor at the same time. Sharif Mitchell is going to be a big part of this team because he's probably going to be the other team. He's going to be the lockdown defender. And then he's going to be asked to push the pace and make plays as well and kind of be that secondary ball handler to, to Ryan Nemhard. I expect big things from Sharif Mitchell in terms of being a star in his role. 
He's just got to get healthy first. Next guy's Alex O'Connell, the 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 Duke transfer who, because of COVID rules last year, they made everybody eligible. And all of a sudden, halfway through the year, he was able to, to play, which is challenging. So I think he was in red shirt mode, and all of a sudden he could get thrown out there. And I don't think he ever got comfortable and confident. And I've been in Alex O'Connell's shoes from a standpoint of he's kind of lived in this world, whether it was at Duke and playing with Zion and, and R.J. Barrett and those guys to even last year at Creighton. It's hard to live in this world as a basketball player when you're coming off the bench and every game you don't know if you're going to get 10 minutes or 22 minutes. You don't know if you're going to get one shot or you're going to get nine shots in a game. When there's that wide of a, a spectrum of what your game could look like, it's hard to stay comfortable and stay confident in what you're doing. And I think he's kind of found himself in that world, and he hasn't been able to really settle in to what he can do as a player. I think now, the first time in his career, he can, whew, all right, I know my minutes are going to be there. I know what my role is. I just can go out there and do what I do. So I think Alex O'Connell's a guy that probably isn't getting talked about enough. You don't go to Duke if you can't ball. This guy can ball. He's just not been able to get out there extended minutes-wise. I think he will this year. We'll see what he can do. Great defensive rebounder, really good athlete, uh, kind of a streaky shooter, um, but he's a guy that they're going to really lean heavy on Alex O'Connell, especially early in the year when those young freshmen are getting their legs underneath him. But O'Connell is a guy that I think is going to be really important for Creighton on the wing. Next guy is Arthur Kaluma. 6'7", freshman out of Arizona, top 50, top 60 recruit, a guy who's got a great basketball body. Long arms, big shoulders, 220 pounds, physical, ready to deal with the physicality of of high major Big East basketball. He's a dude that is versatile. You can play him at the four. You can play him at the three. He can handle it, take guys off the bounce. He can shoot it a little bit, although that part of his game is still a work in progress. He plays above the rim. He can finish and post up smaller guys. You can do a lot of different things with him, and I think Greg McDermott's going to have some fun moving him around the floor to exploit different matchups. Just a guy who, when you walk in the gym, he pops. Like, his body, his athleticism is is big time. And so, I think when you look at upside of this season, like, it it wouldn't surprise me. I don't want to put too much on him. He's a guy that there's a chance you get into January, February, and Arthur Kaluma's Creighton's best player in terms of consistently scoring the ball. But you never know with a freshman, right? Like, he's got to go out there and prove that he can handle it. Uh, But I do know physically he's going to be able to handle it just in terms of his body's ready. That's also a big part of it as well. I'm excited to watch him play. Creighton hasn't had a player quite like him. uh, And and I know Greg McDermott's really excited about him. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella, won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent 
at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable, and Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. The other guy Greg McDermott's excited about is, is Ryan Hawkins, Northwest Missouri State transfer. This guy won two national championships at Division II, was the was the player of the year, Um yeah, he he had about as decorated and amazing of a of a Division two career as you could ever imagine. And he was looking for a different challenge, and now he's at Creighton. He's a dude that that Greg McDermott raves about as a leader. And with a young group, they needed some veteran leadership to come in, and he has been just that. This guy, he's versatile as well. I think he's probably Creighton's best three-point shooter right now, but he's also a guy that can post up. He can score in the in the post. He can hit mid-range shots. He can step out and shoot the three. He just knows how to play. He knows how to score. And they're going to lean on him heavily for leadership. They're going to lean on him heavily to try to score the basketball as well. Greg McDermott has traditionally done well with guys in that mold, playing that four spot. Both him and Kaluma will play the four and the three a little bit. You can even slide Hawkins over, play small ball five with him. I know the coaching staff's really excited about him. You never know how that D2 to D1 step up will go. By all accounts, I think this guy is ready to hit the ground running at the Big East level. I know the coaches are excited about him. But it is a jump. We'll see how he handles it. Ryan Kalkbrenner is a guy that, you know, he had a, he had a good experience playing for uh, Team USA Under-19 team over, the, over the, the summer and played well. And oftentimes, you see guys, when they go get that, that Team USA experience, it, it propels them into a big year. We'll see what happens with Kalkbrenner. Because the one thing that's always interesting to me when I watch him play is he's kind of a, a more of a traditional five, and Creighton plays a fast, up-tempo style and trying to mesh those two worlds, right? Where you want to let Kalkbrenner do what he does best, and that's probably throwing it into him a bunch but you also are a ball movement team that wants to play fast. Sometimes those two things can be at odds. We'll see what that looks like. He is, uh, he's long, he's efficient in the post. Uh, I think he's a guy that's continuing to get stronger, although that's always an area, a little bit of concern, but listen, he's a seven footer. He can really protect the rim. He's got good instincts in, in contesting shots and blocking shots. I, I think they're going to, have a steady diet. It could be a good place to go to when you're maybe hit some offensive lulls and you're used to having J- Damian Jefferson and Zegarowski and different guys be able to make plays. Just throw it into Kalkbrenner. Throw it into him. Let him make a play. But you got to have that pick roll lob to the rim element there. Kalkbrenner can do that a little bit. He's not as good as Bishop was. But I think he's he's a guy that the coaching staff's really excited about. Speaking of the five, next guy is Keyshawn Fizel. Transfer from McNeese State, but he was at Mississippi State to start his career. Not going to lie. When when Creighton signed this guy, I kind of thought, okay, probably just a they need a body to back up Kalkbrenner, just a big body. This guy's much more than a big body. He is athletic. He plays above the rim. He can pass. You can stretch him out to the, to the perimeter, and he can do some of the things that Bishop did with handoffs, backdoors, driving it to the basket, He's got a pretty diverse skill set that'll serve Creighton well when he's at the five. He, he's been as big of a pleasant surprise based on what I thought he would be as anybody on this roster. Pretty good athlete. 
and a guy that I think is going to play a vital role because you need to have some athleticism at the, at the five in the Big East. I think he can be just that. Uh, Trey Alexander uh, is, a, is a, you know, a 6'3", 6'4". He was the uh, a top 50, top 60 recruit out of Oklahoma. And he's a guy that is your prototypical scoring guard, you know, uh, can do a lot of different things, can shoot it, can drive it, knows how to play. He's got pretty good defensive potential upside in his game. I know the coaching staff has really raved about how he's kind of picked things up so far uh, in terms of the offensive system. So, you know, he thinks the game at a high level. They're going to need a wing to step up and be a consistent threat to shoot and score the ball. Kaluma's inside out. Trey Alexander is going to be relied on him and O'Connell to to kind of be the wing scorers a little bit. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Trey Alexander can handle that. I know I know the coaching staff raves about his talent. We'll see what he can do when he gets on the uh, on the floor. Uh, then, you know, you, you got those other three guys, you know, Rati, Mason Miller, uh, John Christopoulos. You know, Christopoulos is a guy, he was another, uh, he's an incoming freshman known as a shooter. And he can shoot it with confidence. He, because they may need shooting, he's a guy I'd keep an eye on that could get on the floor because they need someone that can knock down shots. Uh, he was billed as one of the best shooters in 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 this past recruiting class for all of college basketball. We'll see what he can do when he gets on the floor. Uh, but I'd keep an eye on him. He's a guy that I think is on the outside looking into the rotation that could find his way in because of his skill to shoot the ball. Mason Miller, athletic, left-handed guy, knows how to play. I think the coaches feel good about where he's at. I just think he's a little behind those other guys, but the coaches feel good about him. And then Roddy, you know, former top 100 recruit, international player, uh, bigger bodied guard, six foot four, kind of a boomer bust player. When it's good, it's real good, but he can be a little erratic at times. Uh, he's a dude that for kind of your third point guard, pretty good player that that can get in the lane and make things happen. You have options if you want to go to the to the bench to 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 throw him in there as well. So that's kind of the roster on how I see it. Again, that expectation question, you know, it's hard because you don't want to lower, like you just break through the Sweet 16. You don't want to then just go and, and rest on that and say, ah, whatever, this year is a throwaway year. No, I mean, you've been a team that's been consistently at, in the NCAA tournament. That's got to be the goal, right? But it's hard to definitively say that you, I, I can't sit there and go, I think they're going to be in the tournament right now just because they're so young and they're so inexperienced. They're going to go out there and prove it. Could they be? Absolutely. But to me, I would say NIT right now feels like a more of a realistic thing. Uh, but you never know. I mean, this group clicks. They got enough talent to do it. But, you know, this first few months going to be interesting for this coaching staff and kind of ironing out roles, rotations, all those kinds of things. Because that's it's going to be interesting to see how that that all plays out. The Within all that, I've talked about this, but, you know, Coach McDermott is going to have something, you know, from the personnel. Like, I think four of the top five or six guys are Arthur Kaluma, Sharif, Mil Sharif Mitchell, Ryan Nemhard, and Ryan Hawkins. To me, you look at Sharif Mitchell and Ryan Nemhard are both point guards, and you could argue that Kaluma and Hawkins are both at their best at the four spot. So one of the things I've been thinking about is, okay, how does Coach McDermott maximize all those guys' minutes and their strengths when the other guy plays a similar position. That could be challenging. 
I actually think it's easier, especially you see it now in basketball across the board, been playing two point guards together. Uh, so I think getting Sharif Mitchell on the floor alongside Rand Nemhard shouldn't be an issue. They were able to do it a little bit last year with Sharif Mitchell and Marcus Zagorowski. But at the same time, that's pretty small. That's two smaller guys, both six foot. I will say Sharif Mitchell plays bigger than six foot because he can guard bigger players. Uh, but nevertheless, you're going to have to find ways to get both those guys on the floor. Same thing with with Arthur Kaluma and Ryan Hawkins. Like, you got to navigate getting those two guys on the floor as much as possible because they're two of your best players. Like, so I think a big part of ironing out the rotation, all that stuff, is how do you maximize those four guys? Sharif Mitchell, Ryan Nemhard, Ryan Hawkins, Arthur Kaluma. Anymore, we're in this positionless era of basketball where people have gotten to the point, I say people, coaches have gotten to the point where it's like, don't outthink it, just put your five best guys on the floor. Don't outthink it, put your five best guys on the floor. As long as they can functionally handle the ball and all those things. And I think that's how the school of thought that Creighton's going to have to have a little bit. you got to find a way to make sure you're getting your best players on the floor. And those are four of your best players. So we'll see what all that looks like. No, it's a lot to digest, but Greg McDermott will have to navigate that. But I can't wait to get rolling, man. I, I this group, I think they're good. It's going to be fun to watch them progress and get better and better and better. If you haven't watched this team play, you're going to enjoy it. They got some really exciting young pieces. Hawkins, fun to watch the Missouri, Northwest Missouri State transfer, and again, Nemhard. It's just you're going to watch him play and be like, oh my god, this guy's perfect for how Creighton wants to play. So we'll see. You know, uh, I wish I could come out. You know, last year with Creighton, I had more definitive, like they are can do this, they can do that. They were a preseason top 10 team in my estimation. This year, it's a little bit different because they're so new. And when you're so new, it's just hard to put a, 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 a concrete number on wins and expectations and all those things. We'll see. Talk to me in a, in, in a month, and, and I'll have a better answer for you on, on what those expectations really kind of look like. All I know is you got a coaching staff and a head coach that has consistently maximized his talent and consistently outperformed whatever preseason ranking people have put on. We'll see if he can do it again. It should be fun, fun, fun to watch. A Huda Media Production.